This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis, the Old Trailblazer, bringing you another study from God's Word coming out from our studios here. This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. Many of you may have never heard the Old Trailblazer before. We're going on some new station, and I wish you would. If you would, sit down and write me. Let me know. I'll send you some information about the Old Trailblazer, about radio missions, about the Voice of Truth broadcast that we have here. And then I'll be glad to send you some notes on what we surely believe. But at this time, we're bringing you some studies on the uh, Antichrist Bible or the RSV Bible, the Revised Standard Version of the Bible, where the modernists and the intellectuals have torn to pieces and whittled to pieces God's Word, and we're looking there. But if you would, write me. I'll send you these little notes I put together. Notes on Bible reversions, four or five pages, and uh, yeah, I believe it'll shed much light on those things. Uh, we, we've... Uh, dug through and found out many of the omissions and the things that's been added into this into this translation as they call it. Let me just give you one trans, one one example. In the Living Bible, many folks use the Living Bible. Uh, there in 1 Kings 18.17 18.27 it says as perhaps, listen now listen now, this is 1 Kings 18.27 and it says perhaps he's talking to someone or else is sitting on the toilet. Listen now, and Zechariah thirteen six as as and if someone asks them, what are the scars on your chest and your back? You will say, I got in a brawl at home with a friend. Now, my friend, isn't that enough said? If you have a living Bible, you go there in First Kings eighteen twenty seven, Zechariah thirteen six, and compare them, compare them with your authorized King James Version Bible. Now, my friend, I'll be glad to send you this little pamphlet that we've put together, notes on revised versions of the Bible, free and postpaid. We're looking at a study now on the modernist attitude towards the great fundamental doctrine. We saw there in our last study how those modernists, those intellectuals, those liberals consider themselves to be so smart they no longer teach uh, the Bible to their people. But they center in or hone in on recreation, as they express it, teaching their young people how to live together. In other words, they preach a social gospel, and which is entirely bloodless. They have no concern for the future destiny of their people. Now, you can understand, based on our last study especially, their attitude towards the virgin birth of Christ and his deity, the verbal inspiration of Scripture, the sovereignty of God, and the total depravity of man. You can just imagine what they've done with those great doctrines. These doctrines they hate with a devilish vengeance. And in translating this new so-called Bible, they went as far as they could to eliminate or to blur or to make void all these great old fundamental doctrines of God's Word. Now, my friend, you can better understand why they will not accept the Lordship of Christ. The Lordship of Christ is His virgin birth, His deity, His resurrection. When you put a question mark after His virgin birth, his deity or his resurrection, as these modernists have done, you no longer have the Lord to worship. That's the reason they have taken out of the New Testament the expressions and they worship him. They've taken that out. Now, with your Bibles in hand, get your Bible, if you will, and turn with me to Matthew 8.28.2. And I hope you have a King James Version. Matthew 8.2. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him, saying, Lord... If thou wilt, thou can make me clean. Now let's read that out of the RSV. 
or the Antichrist Bible. Let's just read the same identical passage. And behold, a leper came to him and knelt down before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. They left out the word worship, which is just another thrust at the deity of Christ. Why should you object to the word worship, except they do not consider? Why should they object to that word, except they do not consider that Christ was God and, and, and to be worshipped? Then again, let's turn over to Matthew nine eighteen, King James Version. And while he spoke the while he spake these things, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshipped him, saying, Master, saying my say, worshipped him, saying, My daughter is even even now dead, but come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. Then let's look at the RSV Bible, Matthew nine eighteen. While he was thus speaking, behold, a ruler came and knelt before him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. We see these translators again have left out the word worship and substituted the word knelt, which greatly lessens the force of the expression worship. Listen now. The translators took this attitude. How do we know that he looked upon Christ as God? My friend, that's their attitude regarding the Lord Jesus Christ throughout the entire Bible. Instead of translating, they interpreted. Instead of translating, they paraphrased and expressed their own ungodly uh, Unitarian opinion and concept of our blessed Lord. Now let's turn again. We have another, another section here. Let's turn again to King James Version, Matthew fifteen twenty five. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. The Revised Version says, But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. When you read this story of the Syrophoenician woman coming to the Lord Jesus in behalf of her demon-possessed daughter, you see at once that she recognized the Lord Jesus as the Jewish Messiah because she called him the son of David. Therefore, thereby, she recognized him as deity. She gave, him, she gave to him worship that was due deity. But these translators, these modernists, these liberals, true to their own preconceived ideas that Christ is a mere man, will not worship him themselves, and they will not allow anyone else to worship him if they can. Let me tell you, my friend, no sinner ever comes to Christ for salvation who does not come in the spirit and in the act of worship. Ever awakened, poor, lost sinner who ever gets saved acknowledges Christ as Lord and deity. They're like old Thomas. They will cry, Oh, not only my Lord, but my God. That's what old Thomas said, My Lord and my God. Let me say with all the authority of God's word, no sinner ever gets saved if he does not worship the Lordship of Christ, which is the Godhead of God. That sinner who comes to Christ for salvation has no other gods before him, and he recognizes and claims to know that Christ is God, and beside him there is none other, and he worships him. He not only kneels before him, but he worships him and calls upon him.
Now, let's turn back to Matthew 19:16 once again. And notice that passage which they have mutilated and which they have ruled out every spark of deity referring to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's look there in the King James Version. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may, inha- may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that's God. Now, The Revised Standard Version says, And behold, one came up to him, saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why do you ask me about what is good? One there is, one there is who is good. Listen now, did you you get that? The RSV translation says, And behold, one came to him, saying, Teacher, What good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? One there is who is good. Notice how they undercut the deity of Christ. The King James Version says in the 16th verse, Good master. But the Revised Version says, Teacher. The King James Version translation then says in the 17th verse, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that's God. But the RSV Version says, Why do you ask me about what is good? One there is who is good. Do you see how they muddied up the waters in translating this great script? And you say, Trailblazer, that don't mean a thing in the world. That's that's just a little incident there. Well, my friend, I don't have time nor patience to give you all. I wish you'd get get your RSV Bible and compare it. Read line for line, paragraph for paragraph with your authorized King James Version and you'll see. It'll make your eyes to light up when you see. My friend, let me call your attention to this fact. The meaning of the root word from which we get our English word good is God. When this rich young ruler approached Christ and called him good master, he was addressing him as deity. And when the Lord replied to him, he said, callest thou me good? Do you come to me as your God, wanting to know how to be saved? The Lord was probing his heart. Then he said, in essence, as God, I exercise a prerogative right to tell you how to be saved. But these modernistic translators take all the force of worship out of that passage, becloud the deity of Christ, and leave a poor sinner with no hope. Because if Christ is not God, then the sinner has no substitute. Would you, would you let that soak in? A young woman come to me one day after the broadcast and said, Pastor, Trailblazer, if it had not been for the great absolute promises of God's word, if I had not known that Christ is the Son of God, I would have never gotten saved. She said, Pastor, Trailblazer, I approached the Bible as the unbroken, eternal, inspired word of God, hung my poor, lost, hell-deserving soul upon those promises, and God verified his word and saved me for Christ's sake. And my Lord, Jesus Christ, is my substitute. And my Lord, now my friend, you see how important it is? This one woman, she saw that Christ was God. My friend, there's no substitute for the Word of God. We, we come on the air in our Voice of Truth broadcast with this statement, that this is a voice of truth, the voice of God's uh, inerrant, absolute, unbroken, verbally inspired Word. And you take a bunch of professors, a bunch of intellectuals, and, and, and let them do this, then it's not inspired. No, sir, it's not inspired. When they turn it around, when they twist it and turn it around, it's no longer inspired, my friend. And folks just put their little two cents worth where they don't have one iota of what they're doing. They're ignorant. 
They do this in ignorance, led by Satan. My friend, the Bible says in one place that folks will have a strong delusion. They'll believe a lie and be damned. Well, that's what this is. It's a lie. This Bible is not the truth. It's a lie. And folks will be damned by the wholesale and by the retail by believing these words, believing those things. But listen. Oh, listen. Let me quote you one more verse there before we have to go. In Matthew eighteen twenty six, in the KJV version, the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Now, in the RSV, it says, So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. You see here, they left out the word worship. Oh, listen. They were determined that Christ should not be worshipped. And I just, I just praise the Lord for the Lord opening my eyes one day. And we're here to preach the truth. Folks ask me, so what's the old trailblazer all about? Well, it's about bringing you the truth, my friend. Refuting error. I know we can't, I know we're not going to thin the tide. I often tell my folks here that the religious world now is like a herd of horses or a herd of cattle that's broken out of a stampede out there somewhere in the old west. And it's scattered from hell to Hall River. we never get them back. Our religious world's gone, my friend, but one here and one there, the Lord is opening hearts. The one here and one there, the Lord is showing what's missing in their lives, and it's the reality of Christ missing there, my friend. Let me ask you, do you know the Lord? Is Christ a living reality to you? The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away, and all things have become new. Is your life, do you have a new life? Do you have a new heart? Do you have a new spirit? Do you have a song on your lips and a, and a praise on your, on your lips for the Lord? If I was to ask you how the Lord saved you, could you tell me? Could you take a minute and tell me? Or would you stutter and sputter and talk about a decision for Jesus and all that? No, sir, my friend. That's not salvation. Salvation is coming to know the Lord in the forgiveness of your sin. He's, he's gracious to save, folks. This is the old trailblazer. Mom, would you ask, would you remember my mailing address? It's the old trailblazer post office box. 1810 Walker, Louisiana, 70785. Goodbye until next time, and may the Lord's richest blessings rest upon you. Pastor Pendarvis reminds you, our Radio Missions Internet radio station offers music, current old trailblazer broadcasts, current Voice of Truth broadcasts, classic sermons, and more, 24 hours a day. For information on how to listen to Radio Missions Internet radio, visit our website at radiomissions.org. That's radiomissions.org. 